Every journey begins with a single step. For many, the first step is the greatest challenge. Yet for all, the obstacles, the doubt, and conviction teach us about ourselves. It's these moments in life, a test of our abilities, our mind, when we don't know, but we still proceed. Driven by the unspoken, but ignited by the obsession that yields some of life's greatest lessons and rewards. Join me as we explore incredible stories of leaders forging industries, enterprises, and ultimately, themselves. I'm your host, Adam Geary, and welcome to Capital Class. Let's begin. Classmates, welcome to another episode of Capital Class. As we often do, we explore the journey of the enterprise, the grit, the challenge, the success of building. Today's episode, we return to a founder focused on the mainstay of an American education system, the cooking class. If you're of a certain age, the word home home economics means something to you, right? It was budgeting, it was sewing, it was health, it was hygiene, and it was cooking. Interestingly, those core competencies to live a productive life were often eschewed as less. Home ec, however, is likely one of the most common skills utilized on a daily basis, and none more truer than feeding ourselves and cooking. In a global society with a well-documented issues of health and wellness, one has to wonder, could it be our casual and cavalier nature to food paired with cheaper and prepared alternatives that has impacted our overall wellness. On today's episode of Capital Class, we are joined by Svetlana Elgart, founder and CEO of Rainbow Chefs Academy, focused on health, wellness, and nutrition education, offsetting diabetes and obesity. Svetlana, welcome to Capital Class. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to meet you, Adam, and so happy to be here with you. Talana, your story is both unique and very common, right? And we talk about this a lot. Common in that you were a founder who saw a problem and is solving it. But unique (laughs) in that you've really built a series of enterprises for students, right? Arts, homework, and now cooking and nutrition. Take us there. Why... Why this area? Why this industry? What what do you love about it? Kind of tell us the beginning. Gosh, I don't know where to start. The beginning (laughs) was a while back. Um, I enjoy working with kids. Um, I have three daughters, so I have always been very involved in that part of life. Uh, If education, schools, working inside the classrooms, and... um, helping um, my kids grow healthily, um, I found that there is a big black hole that is existing in our society and our school system when it comes to healthy eating, healthy cooking, and health, wellness, and nutrition education as a whole. And um, when my children got a little bit older. I decided that 
I wanted to give back to society by creating a health, wellness, and nutrition education company that would actually encompass and try to help our schools, our parents, our community to really educate our kids on how to lead a healthy lifestyle. Because I have gotten to see through my children being very, I have girls and they're all very outgoing and chatty. And I always had a lot of kids at my house and I cooked a lot and I still cook a lot and I cook from scratch. So you can imagine that most of American society does not spend as many hours in the kitchen as I used to spend. And um, I watched a lot of kids around my kitchen table, uh, uh, you know, as they came and go being obese and being diabetic. And I just started to question how that can be in United States of America, right? Rich country, free country. How does that happen? And uh, the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to get involved. And I wanted to find, um, I understand the issue, but I wanted to solve that problem because I feel I'm super lucky to be here uh, because I'm an immigrant child. And I just wanted to give back uh, to society. And this was what I thought would be the most useful way to do and something that I can do uh, myself since I am pretty educated on the subject and do a lot of cooking and health, wellness, and nutrition has always been a part of my life. And it was always instilled in me. So I didn't have to think too hard about it. Um, so I think that's probably how I got here. <laughs> Food's interesting. It's almost a time capsule, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's this very, very personal chapter or yes. part of everyone's mosaic, right? Their food, what they yes. eat, what that food represents to them when yes. they eat it, right? You don't eat the same foods year round. You eat them in different seasons. Yes. And you, know, you, you mentioned this, you come from another country where cooking's very normalized. Yes. And you, that must've been quite an experience to come from that society to our society where many, many cook, I cook, but <laughs> that was something taught to me. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not something innate. Correct. Yes. For, from your time as a child, cooking was probably very, very common. Everyone did it, correct? Yes. It, it, was a, it was just a part of life. You cook. You grow your food. You don't have box food. You don't – I, I have never had cereal before I came to America. Mm-hmm. I've never had one single chip before I came to America. So, yes, if you wanted to eat something, you'd cook it. You'd make it and then you'd eat it. So it was always a part of our life. It was always something that we did as a family. And there was not anything. It just never varied. There was no fast food restaurants. Uh, There was no Uber Eats or DoorDash. Mm. We didn't have any of that. So, you know, I came from a very different environment to a very different environment. So, yeah. I'm certain the the food aspect of your culture was like mine, predominantly Italian, that the food serves as a convening point, right? The 
the energy spent, the time, and then it serves as this moment in time for everyone to gather. Right? To Absolutely. Eat. Absolutely. Yes. It's a it's a it's a family time. It's almost, you know, like you almost don't need a lot of friends because you're always, you know, getting together for food with your family. You're always cooking together in the kitchen, you're in the garden, you're uh, going to the store to buy, you know, produce, uh, fresh produce. So, you know, you're going to the farmer's market. Uh, so it's always, it's almost like, yes, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's a gathering thing. I think it's almost like a culture and family builder. You know, mm. it builds your family, the way you cook, how you're eating. It gives you, you know, every day you have dinner with your family. So you're in tune with your family. So I think that was, that was good. That was so good. in some ways, your business was almost a return to the basics. Right? <laughs> Adam, I don't know. My business was something else. It was, uh, you know, um, yes, it was return to the basics, but it's very different here. And it was not anything that was quickly um, received and, you know, understood. And I think 10 years later, which is now, there is definitely more understanding and the, it's, the need is so much greater and people are really uh, agreeing with this and understanding it. But I think that's because the problem, when I started, it was a problem and today it's an epidemic. And I think that everybody is struggling to understand, okay, how do we do this? How do we end this epidemic? How do we actually do something really meaningful that we can say, okay, how are we going to educate our kids, our next generation in our society, the difference between healthy food and not healthy food? And, you know, how do you feed yourself? So how do you get to understand the basics of health, wellness, and nutrition? Because you really can't do anything right until you're, you know what is right, right? And I mm -hmm. think that that's a big part of the issue. So... It's yes, it's it's natural for me. It was a natural thing for me to start this business. And boy, did I think I it was going to be easy, Adam. Boy, did I, <laughs> did I did I tell my kids at the dinner table, hey, you guys, I'm going to start a health, wellness and nutrition education company. This was before they went to college, my older girls. And I, I will never forget the moment, you know, the, the very quiet time at the table and they all looked at each other. Like, what, what is she going to start? And my oldest goes, what is that? I said, I'm going to educate the kids and the teachers and our community on health, wellness, and nutrition. I remember a long sigh. She said, I wish you luck, mom. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't teach that in our schools. That's what she said. So, yeah. I think yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of focus on the things that aren't working, right? I mean, that's kind of there's almost an epidemic yeah. of negativity, at least in my yes. view, right? One person's yes. view. If you were to show or share the bullish case, right? In some ways, it feels like food's going through a renaissance. Your available amount of the types of food, the awareness of different types of food, the awareness of how these foods interact with one another your ability to source food. I mean, 
give us give us the case of optimism from what you're seeing. Right? Tell us a, tell us a little bit about kind of the the positive momentum you're experiencing in your schools today, or the schools you're working with today. Well, I guess the most positive things that I'm experiencing is growth. Um, we have gone now national. We're out of California. We have new contracts in different states, which is a huge milestone for Rainbow Chefs Academy. Sure. Uh, we have an enormous repeat customer base, Adam. I think that's a, over 90%. So people. students using you the first year, the schools will resubscribe for their next round of students. Correct. Wow. Resubscribe, add. Uh, we have live testimonials from teachers, from students. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in the school industry. Those are very hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs> we have them. We're called the favorite class, the favorite uh, club, you know, however the schools are using it. That makes me super, super happy. You know, when I wake up in the morning, still working 16-hour days, I think that's kind of what gets me through some of the some of the long days that I'm still having. Um, uh, teachers like it very much. That's a very, you know, that's a good thing. Um, you know, kids, they just like to be taught. They like to touch. They like to feel. We have a hands-on component at every class. They get to actually make their food. So it's not, you know, it's very interactive. It's intuitive. Um, it's fun. Uh, highly educational, you know, aligned to uh, Common Core, Steam STEM, CASEL, NGSS, uh, ESL. So very educational, yet fun, yet experimental. So I think that we're experiencing uh, proof of concept is well, is well beyond and uh, growth and acceptance which I'm happy and thankful for um, every day. With the students, they're preparing raw, like basically raw food and cooking it in a live setting. And then they're eating that food and all within the 44 <clears throat> minute, 50 minute periods. So our, our modules, so we have, a, so Rainbow Chefs Academy is a SaaS platform. We have uh, online courses, modules. They are K through 12. They are taught by teachers. And during those modules, the hands-on component, there is a backpack that comes for every student. The backpack has our tools, a knife, a board, everything they need, about uh, 10, 10 items in there, everything they need to make a, a uh, recipe. The recipes are uh, we don't use, uh, we don't need a stove or anything. They're, they're cold, no kitchen recipes. And they can make their food right there in the classroom. So they can make a recipe. Each one of them has their tools. The teachers, you know, get excited watching the kids and they're helping the kids. And, you know, they have all their materials. And we have the kids then going home, taking the backpack. So we have, we have the kids' home connection going on. So... Um, yeah, it, it it all in an hour we get to accomplish that. So, yeah. When you're working with the students specifically, 
Do you see that there are, there's an interest, just not an understanding? Do you see that, or, or kind of, I guess where I'm asking this question is, we hear a lot about education in the kind of broad strokes, right? Like kids don't want this. Teachers don't want to do that. And that's just not <laughs> yes. been my experience, right? My experience is someone who becomes a teacher really, really cares about kids, would yes. not sign up for this job, but for that. And that students, by and large, the super majority want to learn. And now they may yes. have their own hangups and, and certainly every kid as they mature goes through different episodes of challenges, right? Yes. <laughs> Maturity. Yes. This concept for me, when I, when I was in high school, which was some time ago, uh, was being phased out then, right? Cooking was a place that kids went. It was kind of like a, I won't call it a free period, but you went there, you kind of, you had to take like one, one section of it, right? You didn't take it for four years. You took four years of history and four years of English, four years of math, yes. but you did mm -hmm. one section of Helmack and that was it. Mm -hmm. And, and I noticed this return of fundamentals, right? The, there's a, there's a move on financial literacy, right? Mm -hmm. You're focused on cooking. Like these are mm -hmm. foundational pillars of being human. Yes. And, and so I asked to you, like, do you see the students specifically? Are, are they, are they, are they engaged? Do they look confused? Like, tell us about that, 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 that moment when that student opens the backpack, right? Cause if they're not cooking at home, what's a cutting board? What's a, what do you do with these things? Well, I think that that's where we come in and, you know, I, I, I know you say cooking and I want you to know, yes, cooking is a part of it, but it is truly not cooking. It is how do you take care of yourself to be healthy? Yeah. How do you cook healthy? What is seasonal food? What are the five food groups? What does it really mean to hydrate yourself? You know, I, I, uh, life skills, manners and etiquette. All of this is part of Rainbow Chefs Academy. Um, what I find is the teachers, as you mentioned, what they are overwhelmed in schools with what they have to do. So I think what, what you were saying makes total sense. They, they want something that's, that's ready to go, meaning they don't want to put a curriculum. They don't want to think about scope and sequence. They just want to say, okay, we'll teach health, wellness, and nutrition, but give us all the tools. And I think that that's the key that I found to work. And it took me, as you could tell, a while <laughs> to get here. It was not a quick, you know, I thought Rainbow Chefs Academy, everybody was going to do this in two years because the hole was so big. But uh, there is a lot of parts to it. And um, the teachers like that it's a solution that has that gives them the tools to do that. So that's why the teachers like it and they do it and they are easily doing it because we provide all of the tools. The kids love it because they get to eat. They get to try new recipes. They get to learn life skills. They get to learn how to be in the kitchen, how to cook. How do you actually do a recipe? How do you put together a recipe? 
all of the things that they really need every day to live. Because Adam, when they live, when they get older, they need to start being able to feed themselves. And even what does it mean when you go out? How do you choose your food when you go out? Because what, where are our society's issues? Where do they lie? Is it at home? Is it the kids that are going out? Is it a combination? Because if you learn how to eat and what to eat, and if you learn what really is health, wellness, and nutrition, and the basics of that, then you can make correct choices in your life as you get older and as you become an adult. So I think that, you know, I watch kids being super excited. Oh, you know, this is my favorite class. Um, the, the greatest thing of what you said in the beginning of the podcast, cooking, you can really relate cooking to so many things. You can do cooking in science class. You can do cooking in history, right? World history class. You can do math. Cooking encompasses so many things. It's not only cooking. It's not only health, wellness, and nutrition. It's literacy. It's math. It's English. It's science. It's history. Everything. It's life skills. How do you, you know, stay in the kitchen and Talk to your family while you're cooking. How do you guys, you know, put together recipes as your family? Uh, just it, it, just it's just such a major part of our life. I think we, I think because American society likes things very fast, they don't want to spend their time in the kitchen. They have kind of forgotten what that really is, and so that's why you see all of these issues that we have had. If you take the past 10 years and you just look at the numbers of diabetes and obesity, whether you're a child or an adult, it steadily goes up by, I don't know, 15 to 30% each year, which is huge. If you think about it, that it never goes down and it just has a line like this, then we're, we're now at epidemic levels, you know, as a society. So, um, yeah, they just, you know, kids like to touch food, feel food, you know, they like to eat, they like to, they feel accomplished. I almost, you know, I, I like to watch, you know, when they look down the plate, they go, oh, I made that. Wow. You know, 30 minutes and I made a, a, a meal or a recipe. Fantastic. It gives them, it encourages them. It gives them, you know, a lot. I mean, I think it's just an, a great experience for, for kids and they enjoy it. They go home. Guess what happens when they go home? The parents are like, oh, you have a backpack? Oh, okay, use your own tools in my kitchen, but come cook with us. So it, be, it, be, it starts a little bit different conversation. You know, parents are more comfortable. Kids are cooking in school, so maybe they can cook a little bit at home. You know, do you, do you ever find that uh, the parents don't want their kids in, in the kitchen? Have you ever seen that? Because I've seen a lot of that through this 10 year. They kind of, you know, Oh, you know, you're going to hurt yourself with a knife. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll do this for you. So they're not really big in having their kids in the kitchen yet. I grew up in a family where I was in the kitchen all of my life. As All of that I can remember is me being in the kitchen, you know, whether I was washing dishes or peeling potatoes or, you know, I was always involved. There was no way around it. You know, here it's so different. Um, so yeah, I, I do, ex 
I experienced this in different ways, which was in my experience as a child, you cooked. Everyone cooked. I cooked. Little kids. Of course. You did the, (laughs) you did the lower desirable jobs. Yes. Peel things. Uh, Yes. (laughs) That's how you start. Yeah. You you did the things that no one wanted to do, you know, and Mm -hmm. as you aged, you, you wanted to do less of those. There's a, kind of an Italian joke, the, you know, the kind of idiot grates the cheese, right? And so your father would walk on and be like, here's the cheese. You know, he'd be like, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that, but you did. And um, I think the opposite of that is there's a protectionism of children, not wanting them to get injured or get hurt. And, and that can kind of keep people out of a kitchen. I understand that. Uh, I just... I don't know that that helps them in the long run, which I think is to your point, right? You, you have to be yeah. acclimated to these tools. And, and I did go to college and meet many people who were essentially learning how to feed themselves at 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that just was a foreign yeah. concept. You know, Svetlana, we, we've touched around this a couple of different times, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive on some of the specifics you were mentioning earlier around being an immigrant. Alex Lazaro wrote a book about, I'm paraphrasing here, that entrepreneurs from other countries build businesses that are more sustainable because they have they have some of these foundational principles, frugality, grit, kind of this kind of wherewithal. And not to say that American companies don't have that, but us in a culture like yours, you are Ukrainian. Yes. You you learned, you experienced things in a different way as a child, right? What it means mm-hmm. to persist, you know, continue mm-hmm. on. And you've mentioned this a couple of times today that you've been at this quite some time, I take. How many yes. years? 10. 10 years. Mm-hmm. And as, a, as an entrepreneur, it's almost a superpower, right? To make it 10 years... <laughs> That's uh, what I'm told. Yes. To make it 10 years, the last time I, I read this stat, because we're 13 years old, <clears throat> 4% of companies make it. That's Globally. what my oldest daughter tells me all the time. She says, hey, you're doing great. You're here. <laughs> so how foundational yeah. was it to, to be an immigrant, to be from a country that you know has some of those values, right? This kind of persistence. I think that's probably a great way to even even uh, characterize their situation at current, right? Just the willingness to persist. Well, you know what's interesting, Adam? When I left Ukraine, uh, it was not Ukraine. It was Soviet Union. Wow. So uh, that was, uh, we. my parents immigrated in the late 70s. And it's only now that I put together that I'm a true Ukrainian, you know, <laughs> why? Because I'm so damn persistent. <laughs> That's what it is. I was like, I'm just pushing this through and I find different ways. And I thought about it, you know, I thought, gosh, you know, uh, sometimes I think every entrepreneur questions, did, did I do this right? Oh, yeah. Am I going to make it? Is it worth my time? You know, I'm not a unicorn or, you know, Whatever, whatever the dreams or, you know, every entrepreneur has their own dream. 
Um, and I think that persistence is everything. And now that I think about it, now that you said that, but and, and I have just recently, very recently thought about it. In fact, at a dinner table one night, I said, hey, you guys. <laughs> um, well, when the war started, uh, I just said, hey, you guys, I figured it all out. And they were, <laughs> again, the light bulb moment at the table, at the dinner table, right? I said, I know why I'm here. I'm Ukrainian. <laughs> they, again, you know, again, I get that look, you know, now they're older and I get that look like, what is she saying? Right. Cause they're American. And, and then they said, yeah, why? And I said, because I'm still here. I'm, I'm growing and I've made it through the rough times. So yes, I'm going to tell you that yes, persistence because uh, you, because it's within you, it's nothing you can learn, you know, um, can you acquire strength? You can um, but I think that when you're an immigrant and when you see, I don't know how to say this. I think when your life is hard, when you Struggle. don't have everything given to you, when you mm -hmm. have struggles, you know, for example, I'll just give you a, one or two examples from my childhood. What do I remember about Ukraine? How about the fact that my mom and dad would be very happy when they bought bananas. Wow. When I tell the story to my kids, they they don't understand that because they have had bananas from the day they were born, 12 months a year. In Ukraine, you can only get bananas at a certain time. And, you know, they were imported and you had to stand in line to get a banana. And I remember, you know, the happiness of my my mom and dad you know, hey, Svetlana, we have bananas today. <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, those are the things I remember. So um, I think that when you have struggles, and um, I also, I didn't speak any English when I came here. So I had to learn English when I was little, you know, which was okay, but it was still a struggle. I still remember that part of life. So I think that people that have any kind of discomfort and struggle, they just become more persistent if, if they want to make something of themselves and, you know, they have, you know, passions and, and all of that. So I think, I think that makes sense. You know, not that I struggled for a long time in my life, uh, you know, because when, when you come to America and you're a child, no matter how much struggle, struggle you, you have, it's like you moved into Disneyland and you're, you live there, you know, I mean, it's a happy place. America is a happy place that has no struggles, that does not have everyday struggles like the everyday struggles that Ukrainian people have every day of their lives. We don't have those struggles here. So it's powerful. You, you, you forget that, but then it kind of is in the back of you. So that persistence that you're talking about probably is why I'm still here. <laughs> I believe it. When did it all begin to click? When did the momentum of your business begin to carry you? Um, I think, you know, uh, so right before the pandemic, um, so when I started the company, we were not a SaaS model. We were a, uh, we would go into schools. I would, first of all, I started doing everything myself. I want you to know I'm as organic as it gets. I was the, <laughs> The secretary, the the curriculum designer, the recipe 
I mean, everything, everything. I even taught all the classes, which is why I put together a super training program. The only reason I put together a super training program is because I did it. I, I taught the classes. So we used to go to schools and offer our services to the schools and we would hire instructors. That model was great, but it was not very sustainable or scalable because the labor was very high and the schools didn't have enough money to do it because they had to pay for uh, all that it entails, you know, what it entails for somebody to come on premises of the school with food, with all of the tools and teach kids one or two hours a day because that's all we were able to get, right, at each school. So it became to, you know, about six, uh, about six years down the line, when we were all over California, and this is about, I don't know, 50,000 kids behind us and probably about 1,800 schools, I realized that I just don't have the wear all and the capability to scale to the where I wanted to go. I started to realize that my dream is not coming true. There's just not enough kids getting this product that I'm so in love with and that is so needed. So right before the pandemic, I made a very firm decision that we're going to pivot from Rainbow Chefs to Rainbow Chefs Academy, and we're going to be a SaaS platform with a backpack with uh, the ability to scale nationally and internationally. And so I did a pilot program with eight schools in Oakland, and they were my customer that was um, that I was doing business with coming to the schools. We had teachers at that time. So when I went to them and I said, hey, can you give me one schools to pilot? They said, why one schools? We're going to give you nine. We love Rainbow Chefs. I was like, nine? I said, wow, too, Adam. Let me tell you. I said, wow. And somehow, some way, I, I did a platform with MVP and that's when the memento started to happen. I was able to scale, add classes. Uh, during the pandemic, I have to tell you, I got in my car and I drove around, delivered food and backpacks to people's houses. Because guess what? We were the most popular program at that time because kids were cooking with us on the platform. <laughs> so we were so loved. And then, of course, pandemic was over. Everybody wanted to sign up with Rainbow Chefs Academy. And I think that's the momentum. When I pivoted from Rainbow Chefs to Rainbow Chefs Academy, we started to scale. We started to be able to service more people. And we started, you know, we started to be able to have analytics, which is very important for the schools. So I would say about three years ago, truthfully. Seven years of army crawling to the moment where you were in a spot to grow and build a minimum (laughs) viable product on an order Mm -hmm. for nine schools. And now we are where we are today. That is a story. (laughs) The truth. The the one thing I want to say, which really surprised me and humbled me, is I gave them the MVP for free, meaning I told them I will not charge them. At the end of the period, they all paid me. I mean, they paid Rainbow Chefs and I got a check and I was like, you guys send me a check. And they said, I don't know what this is, but this is really good. And we were able to do what we needed. So we're going to sign up. Here is the check. Use it to do more classes. 
Now that was a celebration. I I had dessert on that day. I love it. <laughs> you know, Svelon, I think a lot about energy. We're mm-hmm. all trading it for something. I treat mine like an asset, right? The energy, the amount of time I put towards things, uh, I'm very intentional about. How do you find time to recharge? What is it that people don't see? Oh gosh, I'm so I'm super simplistic. So my recharge is uh, my family, definitely. You know, kids, huge part of my life. I love to walk. I'm a big walker. I don't like to take my car anywhere. I walk. People laugh all the time. People that don't know me, they laugh. They say, you know, are you going to meet me at the restaurant? Yes, that I'll be there in 30 minutes. 30 minutes? It's five minutes from your house. I, well, I'm going to walk. You know, so I walk. Um, I walk daily. I do yoga. I cook. I garden. Um, I read. So I don't know. Very simplistic things. And I do it every day. So nothing, you know, feels hard for me because I make time for that every day. I walk in the morning and I walk every night. I go to my kid's house uh, because they've had kids now. Adam. Oh boy. So I, I make it a point to go there for a couple of hours every day because they're my little rainbows. And, you know, I get to, as you say, recharge, I enjoy. And then if I need to come home, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, cook or whatever I need to do, I do. But I, I, I feel that balance work and home balance is key. So because if you don't have that, you will really burn out and you're not going to think clearly. And I think it's super important. So I'm very regimented, super regimented. I just find that that, that gives me peace and that gives me balance in my life. And I, uh, I like that. I just, you know, I enjoy walking and looking all the lemon trees that I walk with, you know, that's some people don't even think it's a treat, but it is. Cause if you've been to other places in your life, you're not going to walk in 60 degrees weather in California, look at uh, lemon trees and apple trees. And, you know, the greenery here is just so gorgeous. And, uh, you know, birds flying and the weather is beautiful. I don't know. I think that's so super to do that. And that's what I do. You know? It seems to be that that's a common thread throughout much of your life, but certainly around your business that you're, you commit yourself to the daily task. You take the steps each day and you enjoy the process. You Some have would to say uh, you uh, persist. <laughs> I persist because Adam, I found I found early in my uh, when I started that if uh, you know when uh, I still had Viana at home, who's my youngest, you have to if you want to find time, you got to be you know regimented and you have to enjoy. I love what I do. I mean, if you know, I think um, the I and I always celebrate little things you know we get a new school that's something to be really happy about we get we have a testimonial uh, we just onboarded 400 students and we get an email that it's already the favorite class and the teachers love it and the kids love it hey 
that's so I think po- being positive is very important, not only regimented, but being positive. And so, as you said about energy, if your energy is good, then you're positive and you can work harder when you're positive. It's just the way it is. So I, 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 I understood that early. And of course, persistence is a big thing in, in our life. If you can persist, you can succeed. Svetlana, we get everybody out at the end of the show, uh, what we call our fast four. So four questions, kind of rapid answers. Okay. Uh, as an entrepreneur, what trends are emerging that interest you? Uh, what trends? Well, I think that the change, changing of um, education systems is coming our way. I think the way kids, you know, ed tech, online courses have moved mountains since I started. Everything is... Uh, so different. Uh, even the, the schools are receptive. The kids are receptive. You know, they have uh, now podcasts for kids. They have uh, iPhones. There is, you know, pads, uh, iPads. Uh, schools are, there is online schools now. So I think those are the trends that are, the way education is being, um, you know, not only perceived by schools, but but the way it's being perceived by students. So that always interests me. I think it's important to keep up with that. And it's important to, for, you know, Rainbow Chefs Academy to, to keep up with those trends as well uh, and, and work and make sure that we have all the tools that we can have for the kids and the teachers and, and the parents. One place in the world everybody needs to visit i say i say europe italy i think you know that is yeah i just love i love you know i love to tie history to food as you probably have guessed i love to go to different countries uh and try different foods in different countries uh my personal favorite is italy and not not because you're from there but it but it helped but i love you know what the the um, the culture there and the people there are awesome. Just you know, it's a it's a beautiful place to visit. Anywhere you go in Italy is gorgeous. So that's my that's a must for me. I couldn't agree more. Greatest area <laughs> of growth for you in the coming year? Uh, the greatest area of growth is going national. We're 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 on we're on schedule to go nationally. So I hope to be in every state in United States. I, I'd like to be in every school in United States. I'd like to give this to every child. If I could, I would. And I'm still thinking about, about how I can. <laughs> I love it. The optimism and favorite podcast that we need to be listening to. Yours. Oh, besides mine. Favorite podcast. Adam, you got me. Um, How about since you're an avid reader, what's a, what's the one book we all need to read? The one book we all need to read. You know, I mostly these days uh, read books on how to become a better leader. That's what I read. Okay. Um, I read several and i want you to know they're fantastic and they're helpful i like to educate myself i always say that you know education is key in every 
person's life. So I like to read educational books. You know, I'll read Steve Jobs' book. I read, you know, uh, how to scale a company. Uh, this is what I what I love to read, and I and I read, and I also have the Audible. You know that where you can walk and read. I do that all the time. So I would say anything that interests you, but it's it's educational to you, whether it's food or entrepreneurship, something that you can learn. I think that that is a that 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 is my uh, favorite. You know, subject is education in any sort of way. Svetlana, thank you so much for joining the show. It was an absolute pleasure. We wish thank you best of luck on your mission. And, thank you, uh, Adam. Congratulations. This has on been the such a great made. podcast. Thank you so much. I I'm not even nervous. I usually am, but it, wonderful. I, I really enjoy talking to you and and thank you. And I hope to meet you someday. Pleasure is mine and the feeling is mutual. Thank you for joining today's episode of Capital Class. If you're interested in joining our next discussion, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Capital Class is a venture with the Strategus Podcast Network. To view the entire lineup of shows, visit strategusgroup.com. I'm Adam Geary. Class is closed.